You're listening to Comedy Central. October 15, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. tonight is a fantastic actor. Amanda Steinberg is here, everybody. Joining us on the show. You, uh, you probably first saw her in The Hunger Games, and today she's here with her new movie called The Hate You Give, a fantastic film. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. Hillary Clinton is back in the mix. She's stumping for candidates. She's going on a national tour with Bill. Although, if she keeps having interviews like this, one from yesterday, she's probably gonna want to go back into the woods. A new interview with Hillary Clinton is getting a lot of attention for what she is now saying about her husband's affair with Monica Lewinsky. In retrospect, do you think Bill should have resigned in the wake of the Monica Lewinsky scandal? Absolutely not. It wasn't an abuse of power? No, no. There are people who look at the incidents of the 90s and they say a president of the United States cannot have a consensual relationship with an intern. The power imbalance is too great. Who was an adult. But let me ask you this. Where's the investigation of the current incumbent? No, Hillary. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, man. Look, here's the thing. That's not cool. Maybe it was different in the 90s, but today I think we're all understanding that there's a massive power imbalance between an intern and the president of the United States, right? I mean, forget intern. A president with anyone is a power imbalance. Like, if President Obama texted me, uh, hey, Trevor, you up? Uh, <laughs> I'd have to let him smash. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'd be like, uh, actually, I just want to know if you were watching the game. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Of course I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And what's also not cool is Hillary trying to deflect and make this about Trump. Like, you're not in a position to be throwing stones at someone, Hillary, especially when you're literally sitting in a glass house. <laughs> All right, but let's move on to another awkward story about the past. America is having a big fight right now over historic statues. Do you tear them down? Do you leave them up? Well, someone in Georgia came up with a third option. A prank in Georgia is not going over well with police. Someone put googly eyes on a statue of Nathaniel Green in Savannah. Green is a general from the American Revolutionary War. Savannah police posted a photo on Facebook Thursday saying, quote, harming historic monuments is no laughing matter. In fact, it's a crime. (laughs) Oh! Well played. You know what's so funny is that's how he would look if he were alive today. He'd be like, is that a black lawyer? (laughs) And this is one of those stories that news coverage doesn't help. Like, if you want to find a murderer, yeah, get his mugshot on the news. But if you want to stop people from putting googly eyes on statues, (laughs) don't show them how funny it is. (laughs) Because until I saw the story, that thought never crossed my mind. Now I'm like, huh. What if we also had a mustache? Yes. All right, and finally, one of the things that makes America so great is the right to free speech. Although if Trump and his people have their way, there'll be speech, it just won't be free. 
The Trump administration is hoping to limit protests at the White House and the National Mall by charging fees for demonstrations. The National Park Service is considering proposals to change how it deals with protests in Washington, including the number of demonstrators allowed to gather without a permit, where they can protest, and whether protesters should be required to reimburse the agency for the security it provides. Okay, wow, paying for protests. This is either Trump trying to clamp down on dissent or it's a brilliant plan for him to pay for the wall. It's one of the two. <laughs> yeah, like now he's just gonna say crazy shit to get everyone mad and then charge everyone when they come to protest. Like he's just gonna be sitting outside the White House with a credit card machine. <laughs> and people will be like, resist! He'll be like, that'll be 4.99, thank you. <laughs> resist, 4.99, thank you. Jump Trump! Oh, rhyming package is extra, 5.99. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you. All right, let's move on to our top story. The 2018 midterm elections are now three weeks away, which means it's time to start focusing on the 2020 election. It's the same way America starts Christmas before Halloween is even over. Yeah, at some point, they're just gonna combine them and have baby Jesus dressed like a ghost just to speed everything up. <laughs> anyway. With the 2020 elections coming up, everyone is wondering which Democrat will be going up against Donald Trump. And one of the 97 people in the running is Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. And it makes sense. She's progressive, she's popular, and she's scandal-free. Although there's one issue, one issue that has plagued her for years, her claim that she has Native American ancestry. And because she's never had proof, it's the one thing President Trump has brought up time and time again. Elizabeth Warren, sometimes referred to affectionately, of course, as Pocahontas. I've got more Indian blood in me than Pocahontas, and I have none. The legendary Pocahontas. I said Pocahontas. It's Pocahontas. Pocahontas? Pocahontas. Pocahontas. We have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. But you know what? I like you. Yeah, yeah, I like you. You're, you're one of the good ones. That's right, Trump was so obsessed with trashing Elizabeth Warren that he interrupted a ceremony honoring Native American war veterans just to throw shade at her. Yeah, that is, that's like new levels of low. That would be like if you were speaking at a funeral and you decided to use the eulogy to take shots at someone in the crowd. She's like, we're all here today to say goodbye to our good friend, Matt Coff, just like I had to say goodbye to my lawnmower after Gerald never brought it back. <laughs> So that's always been Trump's line of attack. Elizabeth Warren is a fraud. Well, today, the senator shared some exciting news. The Boston Globe reports Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren released DNA test results that reportedly show that her great-great-great-grandmother was at least partially Native American. The Globe says the analysis provides strong evidence that Warren had a Native American in her family tree six to 10 generations ago. Oh, snap, DNA plot twist! <laughs> That's right, Elizabeth Warren can now officially say that she is part Native American. And I mean like very part, okay? <laughs> because according to the DNA results, she's anything from 0.1% to 1.6% Native American. Yeah, like it could be that a Native American just sneezed on someone in her family at some point. <laughs> but still, but still, it's enough for her to shove in President Trump's face. And she is shoving it. Hi, this is Elizabeth Warren. Is Dr. Bustamante in, please? Now, the president likes to call my mom a liar. What do the facts say? The facts suggest that you absolutely have a Native American ancestor in your pedigree. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Okay. Okay. Okay. You know what I love about staged videos? Is how everyone tries to act like it's not staged. You know, she's like, hello, this is Elizabeth Warren. Is the doctor there? You know he's there. That's why your camera crew is there. It's like on those home makeover shows when they open the door and the person next to them goes, oh my God, I can't believe you're here, even though we've rehearsed this three times. And now usually, this would be the end of the story. She had the test, she's got her results. But with Trump, there's always something more. And this time, it's a certain pledge that he made at a campaign rally last summer. Let's say I'm debating Pocahontas, right? I promise you I'll do this. I will take, you know those little kits they sell on television for $2? Learn your heritage. And we will say, I will give you a million dollars to your favorite charity, paid for by Trump, if you take the test and it shows you're an Indian, you know. Yeah, that sounds like Trump, right? You'd only give to charity to win a bet. Yeah, like a homeless man would be like, sir, please, I'm hungry. Be like, okay, if you beat me to the corner, I'll buy you lunch. (laughs) So, because the president has spent the last two years calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, today, the press asked him if he would put his money where his cute butthole mouth is (laughs) and pay up. And this is what he said. No, I have no. Who, who cares? Who cares? I didn't say that. No, I didn't. You better read it again. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. First of all, first of all, Trump can't say he suddenly doesn't care. Who cares? You care. This is the thing you've been obsessed about for years. That is total bullshit. It's like the Kool-Aid man saying, "I don't actually care about Kool-Aid." No. No, 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 no. You jumped through my. F- wall because you were that excited that I was maybe gonna drink Kool-Aid. Now I have to call a contractor to fix this shit. Oh, we're drinking Kool-Aid, my friend. We are drinking Kool-Aid. Who cares? But you heard Trump. You heard Trump. Now he's flipped. Even though Elizabeth Warren took the test, now he says he's not gonna pay the million dollars. So basically, this white man made a promise to Senator Warren and then went back on what he said. So I guess she really is Native American after all. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to The Daily Show. So let's talk about white ladies. (laughs) There's a lot of things they love. Bottomless mimosas, being on their friend's boat, and pumpkin spice anything. But this year's biggest trend for white ladies is calling 911 on black people. It's a scenario that's become all too common where a minor incident results in a white person calling the police on a black person. In this case, a nine-year-old black child was accused of sexually assaulting a white woman at a Brooklyn deli. Go home! She was immediately given a nickname. There you go. There are officers down the block that want to go home before they Corner store, Carolyn. I love that now black people are giving white ladies their nicknames on the spot. (laughs) No, because it used to take a couple of days, but now it's instant. It's almost like black people are thinking of nicknames for every white lady they see, just in case some shit goes down. It's like walking around like, okay, she would be lower your voice, Laura. All right, that one's bathroom Betty. Oh, rooftop Rachel. I actually hope she calls the cops so I can use that one. (laughs) So, corner store, Carolyn joins a whole bachelorette party of white women who have called the cops on black people in 2018. 
right? Barbecue Becky, Permit Patty, uh, Pool Patrol Paula, and just like them, Corner Store Caroline was not gonna let anyone talk her out of calling the cops. No, I want the cops here right now. They're, they're videotaping. That's right, the son grabbed my ass. And she decided to yell at me. And I am going home. Goodbye, not one operator. Now, why don't you upload that to World Star? Okay, uh, first of all, goodbye, 911 operator. White ladies call 911 so much, they just talk to them like they're dating. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, 911 operator, you hang up. No, you hang up. Okay, on three. One, two, three. Are you still there? Oh, me too. I love you, 911 operator. And you know a white lady is going too far when other white women are trying to stop her. Go away. What is your problem? No, no, white lady, I will not. So wait. So wait. Now, white ladies are using the term white lady as an insult? You cut me off, white lady! Hey! Who are you calling a white lady? White lady, you're about to get a face full of rosé! Oh, yeah? What year? 2013! I love that year, me too, oh my God, me too. Oh my God, I totally love that year, I love it too. No, but kudos to that other woman for stepping up, that's an ally. And here's the thing, here's the thing. If you're an adult and a nine-year-old kid grabs your ass, you don't call the cops, okay? It's a kid. Kids grab things all the time. I've been in the subway and felt a grab and I looked down and it was a kid holding onto my leg. Yeah, I wasn't like, ah, sexual assault. I did what any adult does, right? I picked him up, told him his mom chose me, and I took him home. <laughs> you don't call the cops. And here's the thing, I'm just saying, like, even if we never knew what really happened, she was in the wrong, in my opinion. Except we do know what happened, because there's a video, and it turns out that kid wasn't grabbing anything. The store's surveillance video tells a different story clearly showing the boy's backpack accidentally brushed against Klein. Yes, it was a brush by a backpack, not a sexual assault by a nine-year-old. Those two things should be easy to tell apart unless this was the kid's backpack. Then I'd understand. <laughs> and honestly, like, we can joke, but it's hard to watch the story and not be reminded of Emmett Till way back in 1955. False allegation against a black child by a white lady. It's the same ingredients. But the one silver lining in this story is this. Two days later, Corner Store Carolyn went back to that same store. And somehow, the whole hood was there <laughs> waiting for her. Back in Brooklyn, last night, a dramatic scene. Klein returned to the store and reviewed the footage, taunted by a crowd. What's the boy's hand? You can put that on World Star. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an actor who stars in the critically acclaimed new movie, The Hate You Give. Please welcome Amanda Stanberg. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Welcome to the show. Thank you. And congratulations on a stellar film that is touching people, it's inspiring people. I mean, I saw people cry in the cinema at the end of the film because it really is gripping. For those who haven't seen the trailers or know nothing, I won't spoil the movie, but I'll tell you the plot. It's a story of um, a young girl played by yourself who is friends with a young boy who gets shot at a police stop, a story that we're all too familiar with. And that's just really the beginning of the story. Before we even get into the story itself, I, I, I have to ask, is there, is there a difficulty that comes with playing a character or telling a story about something that's happening now all the time? Yeah, I mean, I think there was kind of a deeper sense of responsibility with the way that we approached it and knowing that we had to reflect events that were real. And, and so we had to commit ourselves as fully as we could to it in order to honor the lives of those who've been affected by things like this. Right, and we, we, we watched the story unfold. And a lot of the time it feels like, you know, you watch it in the news and they'll go, a black boy was shot by, yeah. and the names become secondary, and that's why so many people say, say their names. Yeah. But what we also forget is all the other people who were emotionally shot, all the right. families that were affected. And that's, that's really what the story is about. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be... So it's based on this book by Angie Thomas, which is incredible, and I highly suggest that you read it if you haven't. Um, but it's supposed to be a tool of empathy. So oftentimes we see these events portrayed on the news and in media, but usually they're misconstrued or they're at least postulated so that they don't fully humanize um, the people of color who are killed and affected by these events. And so that's what this is supposed to be a tool to do. It's supposed to ground it in a personal narrative and hopefully people will have a sense of empathy because of that. And so far it's, it's been really successful. We have a lot of white people crying <laughs> after, which is great. I've never seen so many white people crying before. Like, it's, it's amazing. That's, that's what I was like, that should be the new Rotten Tomatoes, is like a little thing, white people crying score. Like a... Exactly. But you know what, I, I understand why, why so many people cry. And I think it's partly because of the empathy that you speak of. Your character plays an interesting role where she grows up in what many people would call the hood, you know? Yeah. So you grew up in the hood, but she gets to go to a privileged school that is predominantly white. Yeah. Right? And she lives in this world where she code switches all the time. Mm -hmm. She's got her white friends, she's got her black friends, she lives between two worlds. Mm -hmm. And what happens is her friend who's black gets shot. Yeah. And now she's stuck choosing between these two worlds. Right. It's a really interesting dilemma. And I, I wondered, like, as a, as a person, was there anything in your life that you, that you drew from that you connected with? when it came to that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if you are black and living a contemporary black experience, you probably have code switched at some point in time or are actively code switching in your everyday life. Um, I know that you relate to that experience. Right. I read that in your book. By the way, my dad says that he loves your book oh, so much. Oh, thank you, thank you very much, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a normal thing to do, but this is a, a higher level of code switching. Because, I mean, yeah. it's one thing to go from, hey, what's up, to good morning, sir. Right. But, it, but it's another thing to code switch your allegiances. Because mm, yeah. your character is at a white school and she's going, if I testify against these cops or if I speak out, I will be seen as being anti-cop by my right. white friends. Exactly. And on the other side, if I testify, people will see me as a snitch. Yeah. That's a difficult game to play. Yeah, she's walking a really difficult line, but she comes to the conclusion at the end of the day that she can no longer compromise who she is and that she needs to stand up for her community. She needs to be her most authentic self and she'll no longer, you know, put on her white voice in right. those spaces. When you were filming the scene that we commonly refer to as the talk, yeah. it's, it's a really interesting scene in the movie where 
you know, you have your character's dad talking to the family repeatedly through their lives, saying, this is how you conduct yourself around police. This is always going to be mm-hmm. a life-altering experience if you handle it the wrong way. Yeah. You, you look at that story and, and you look at that scenario, there is a pain that comes with what happened. Mm-hmm. And there are often people who say, well, if you, if you conduct yourself the right way, it won't happen. Yeah. But unfortunately, that, that's not the truth. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tragic because we rob black children of their ability to be children. You know, they have to be so careful about the way in which they act and present themselves from such an early age because they even understand that they are not afforded childhood in the way that, you know, their white counterparts are. Right. Looking at the film, looking at the response that it's gotten, what would you say your greatest hope and success would have been beyond the white people crying? <laughs> when, people watch, when people watch The Hate You Give, what, what do you want them to walk away with? Because I know everyone has a slightly different feeling. Um, well, I mean, white people crying actually was the goal. Um, we... <laughs> 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 it was the goal. Well, you know what? We, we yeah. wanted to make sure that, you know, those who you know, have been affected by the way in which the media misconstrues these events, actually have a real sense of empathy and are able to place themselves into the shoes of our communities and understand that these are not just news events. These are happening to real people. They affect us in really deep and pervasive ways. Um, And then in terms of how it affects people of color, we wanted this to be a space within which we could be ourselves and see ourselves represented and feel validated by that and maybe process some feelings that we don't ever have the opportunity to move through. It's a powerful story. I think you've done all of those things and more. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. The Hate You Give will be in theaters nationwide on October 19th. I'm Arthur Stenberg, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.